Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Season 2 of the Tanakh Talks Podcast. My name is Yaakov Beasley, Tanakh Coordinator at Yeshiva Lehester Leva Torah, author of Nachum Chabakuk Zephania, and I'm sitting here in my house in a lone shfut overlooking Jerusalem, the beautiful city of Jerusalem on a boiling hot scorching day, Friday afternoon before Shabbat Chazon, Tisha B'Av is only in a couple days, and welcome to the first Shi'ur podcast of the new season. We've had a break, of course, we've all had a break with the corona, the computer also broke down, all sorts of things have been happening here, but we're back and we're ready to podcast. More Tanakh stories for you, please feel free to, feel free to write in or let me know what you would like to hear. Let's begin the Tanakh Talks podcast. I'd like to begin today, the first, the whole season in fact, with I think what is everybody's favorite episode. Whenever I ask everybody what the craziest story that they can think of in Tanakh is, I always get one very simple response. Not gonna be pretty. <laughs> Thank you, SNL. Of course, I'm referring to the story of Alicia and the bears. To be more precise, when Alicia takes two bears and six them on 42 kids who made fun of him, killing them all. Typical prophetic behavior or the behavior of a psychopath? That's what we're going to discuss today. Ladies and gentlemen, the Tanakh Talks podcast. We begin with the story. Of course, most of us, I've just given you the very brief outline, but we've always to understand what's going on. This is the first story in Alicia's New role as leader, Eliyahu has Navi, Elijah has just gone up to heaven. And what is Elisha going to do? What sort of person is he going to be? We already see him do one miracle. He crosses the Jordan River back into Israel, into near Jericho, of course. And as he does it, and he splits the river with Eliyahu's cloak that Eliyahu gave him, already the prophets, the student prophets, the Padawans as they were, they shout out, oh my gosh, the spirit of Eliyahu is on Elisha. This guy is the real thing. He goes to Yericho and they come to ask him a question. And they tell him, listen, the water here is really bad. This town is pleasant. Of course, remember, Yericho is where Eliyahu's prophetic career began way back, or not way back, but six chapters earlier, seven chapters earlier in Malachim Aleph Yudzayin, Kings 1, 17. This is where the whole story begins with Eliyahu, with Elijah. And now, this is where Elisha is starting. There, however, Eliyahu has one approach. We're going to see a very different approach here. And they tell him there's no water. So what does he do? He says, bring me a flask, give me some salt. And of course, um, and Hashem says, I'll make the water sweet. He does so, and the water is healed, and everybody is happy. This is great. This is a wonderful beginning. The man can do miracles. He's got tricks coming up and out his sleeves, and the people should love him, okay? It's interesting to note, however, that they don't ask for assistance directly. I think the reason for that is very simple. We know what Eliyahu can do. What does Elisha have? Show us what you can do. And the story that immediately comes to mind, if you think about the entire Tanakh, the entire Bible, what story is this? Obviously, the story of Mara. What story is that? Right after the Jews crossed the sea, the Red Sea, away from the Egyptians, we now have this story of Marah, where Moshe comes, the water is undrinkable, and Moshe casts a tree into it, and the water suddenly is sweet, and the entire people is able, are able to drink. What a wonderful story. 
And Alex Israel, Rabbi Alex Israel, in his amazing book, Kings 2, we had him on last year. Hopefully we'll have him again to discuss more Navi this year, if we can get together with the corona lockdowns that are coming up. But there's all sorts of parallels that he points out. The water's undrinkable, and it take, and you have to throw something, something into it to make it drinkable. And the thing that you're going to throw in really has... This is not how you drink it. This is not chlorine pills. In Moshe's case, he throws a tree in. And in Alicia's case, he throws salt in, neither of which actually makes something drinkable. It appears to be the opposite. And, of course, at the end, it's demonstrated that God is the one who heals them. Hashem is the one who heals the water in the Red Sea, after the Red Sea at Marah. And uh, Hashem is the one, God is the one, who heals the water here at Jericho. At Jericho. Now, there's also another larger picture here, which is, this is the first act of kindness that God has done for B'nai Israel. Until now, we've only seen the angry plague gods. Now, angry plague god is really cool. Anybody can summon frogs and hail and lightning and all that, everything that happened in Egypt, that's great and splitting to see, hey, who can argue with that? But now we see God not only as plague god, but we now see God as caring, protecting, supplying um, God as well. And this, of course, says Alex Israel, is the symbol of what's going to happen to Elisha. We've seen plague prophet, i.e. Eliyahu. Eliyahu is the one who calls down from heaven and says, no rain, there's going to be no rain. And we talked about it before. People debate, did he actually have God's permission to do so, or was this his own initiative, you know, like a perk of the job? And now we have Elisha, and his first act is an act of healing. It's not plague God, but plague prophet, but it's protecting prophet. Okay, and this seems to be wonderful. And this is the first story of Elisha, and this leads into this wonderful, wonderful thing. From here he goes on up to Beit El, and he's going to the road. Some kids come out of town, they start yelling at him, and they go, Ale karcha, ale karcha. Karcha, karcha means, get up there, baldy. Okay, Chrome Dome, what do you got, you know? This is before Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos made it cool. Of course, you know, when you are bajillionaires, you know, any haircut looks cool. But this is clearly a mocking, and Alicia turns around, he looks at them, and he curses them, because that's what a Navi can do. Two bears come out of the woods, and they maul and kill 42 of them, and he goes on to Har Carmel, and there he goes to Shomron. And that's the story. It's a very short, short story, and it doesn't tell us what the background is. Now, there is a group of children that are teasing him, okay, and teasing prophets are never a good thing to do. Parents, take notes for your own children. Do not tease the prophet. You never know who taught him. You never know if he's a disciple of Eliyahu. But even if somebody calls you a name, sticks and stones may break my bones, but bears will really hurt me, what does this mean? What is Elisha doing here? It makes no sense whatsoever. And if they are Narim Tanim, you know, like, okay, is this the way, you know, small young kids, what's happening? So we have to ask several questions here to figure out what's going on. Let's figure out who he, where these kids come from. That's the first thing. Are they from Bedel? the city he's going to, or are they from Jericho, the city he's coming from? And if you very simple look at the read, they call his, him Baldy Baldy, you know, he turns around. Meaning that this isn't just kids teasing. These are kids from the city of Jericho who, where he actually just saved them, where he actually just healed the water. Why on earth? Is Elisha 
Why on earth would these kids be teasing him? He just gave them water. He just gave them life. Okay. That really still makes no sense, you know, and this is really, um, you know, still raises some sort of questions. Okay, why then would they do this? So there is one interpretation that says that these are people, kids or teenagers who made money going back and forth, bringing water, and now he's put them out of business. And you know how people feel when you get put out of business, okay? It's not a pleasant situation. And others say, well, you're still no Eliyahu, okay? You're not bald, but what was Eliyahu's most defining physical characteristic, Malachi Malf, the story with Amatia tells us that, you know, when Eliyahu um, meets his messengers, he go back to the king, and the king says, who was it? It was a hair guy. Oh, it's Eliyahu! Well, if it's Eliyahu, we, how does he know it's Eliyahu? He never gave his name, because Eliyahu is the hairy guy. So, obviously, this is an attempt to sabotage. But even so, why are the people of Yericho and the kids of Yericho, and did they pick it up from their parents? Why are they so anti-Elisha? So this becomes a very, very serious question. What, and if, even so, what does it do? So, let's t go back now. We've set up a scene here where kids from the city he's healed have now made fun of him. Now, the Gemara has some really, really interesting um, interpretations what happens. I'm just looking for the source here for one second. The Gemara is in Sota. Um, and it talks about Elisha. Um, it talks about all. It's one of the great sections where it goes through um, all this, a lot of stories of Tanakh. If you really want to do Chazal and Tanakh, so does the first Gemara would go to in a second. Okay, and the Gemara says, "Who are these kids?" And it asks, well, what, it says that Elisha turned around, he saw them, and he cursed them. That also is very reminiscent of Moshe, who sees the Egyptian and then curses him and kills him. And the Gemara says, well, um, I'll tell you who these kids are. And it's actually really one of the craziest lines in the Gemara that I've ever read. It reminds me of those games you used to play in Yeshivas. How many of Verot can you do at once in one shot? You know? I know I will have sexual relations with my sister who is menstruating in a driving car on Yom Kippur while eating a cheeseburger and wearing shotness. Okay? If anybody has any better thing, that's like the first thing to count off the top of my head. If anybody has any better suggestion, how many of every you can do in one shot, please feel free to let me know. I'm always curious to see what people answer to that. But the Gemara says, who, who is the, we know who these kids are. These kids are... Um, they are kids where the parents had relations on Yom Kippur, okay? And therefore, that they, um, as it were, almost deserved it. And then there's another opinion, which Rabbi Yochan says, he said, what did he see? He didn't see their pedigree, um, but rather he saw that he, they didn't have any mitzvot that defended them. And he, that's what he was able to see. So the question is, even so, Let's say these are the worst kids ever, as the way the Gemara describes. And let's say, yes, the people of Yericho have, at best, no appreciation for what the Prophet has done for them, what Elisha has done for them. He's healed them, given them water, and at worst, they are refusing to accept the Prophet's authority. This is a direct affront, and these kids hear it from their parents. Is Elisha's behavior justified? So Rabbi Alex Israel makes the following argument. I wanted to share it with you, and he says, well, look at the text. Okay, show me where he's punished. Show me somewhere 
And in fact, by the way, we actually know that, you know, if you make fun of a Navi, we've had a previous case where Malach, where, where lions come out and maul individuals. I think bears, and he brings it beautifully, he says, um, two bears, one for Eliyahu, one for Elisha, says the Abarbanel, why bears? Hosea says there's no animal more ferocious than a dove sakul, a mother bear who's lost her cub. You, as everybody knows, you don't have to go to Alaska to learn this. If you see a baby bear, if you see a bear, you just stay far away as fast as, you know, and make distance as you can. You see a cub alone, you get away even faster, because the mother finds out that you've approached a bear cub, she's going to go crazy. And this is exactly what has happened to Alicia. He's like, you know, Alicia's like a, just like a mother bear who's lost her cubs is going to go frenetic. So to Alicia, who's without Eliyahu. And this is exactly what's happening. So really very powerful thing. So Rabbi Israel says, did Elisha overreact? And he was he distraught by of Eliyahu? And he says, there's no indication of disapproval, which is fascinating. That there is, you know, the text never says, oh, Elisha, you've really done a bad job. And yet I wonder, because it's really the it's really the first time that we see Elisha in action. And we won't see this side of him again. In fact, the Gemara is actually sensitive. It says, 42 people fell will fall in the next chapter to the Battle of Moab. 42 corresponding to the 42 people who are children that are killed by the bears. Also says the Gemara, Elisha is going to have three sicknesses in his life. And it proceeds to list three sins, and it lists the incident here as one of them. So even as justified as it may be, apparently the Gemara is a little bit more circumcised. It says, you know something? Sicking bears on 42 children, no matter the affront to the honor, no matter the um, demonstration you want to make, to quote um, Professor McGonagall, we don't do transfiguration on students. We don't sick bears on young children. That's just the way it is, even if you're a Liao student. And of course, this, I think, is the message you have to see. Because at least in the next chapter, when we get to chapter 3, is not going to be successful. And it's going to be very fascinating. And we're going to see this development, I think, in Alicia. We have a tendency to view characters as static. This is who he is, and that's therefore that's who he always was. That's not the way people work. That's not why we tell stories. People grow in stories. And Alicia's going to grow, too. And I think that's the meaning of the story here. But it's important to know. I can justify what he did without saying that it was acceptable for him to do it. I can understand it. But it also comes to tell me, hey, how are the people reacting to prophecy? Why are they anti-prophet? Well, if you're the previous prophet has been calling droughts upon you and famines and you know, you're losing wars, well, you know something? I don't want the prophets around. I don't want to hear what they have to say either. And Elisha has a long, long, arduous journey ahead of him to convince people that the word of God, as spoken by his prophets, is something they should be listening to. All the best, and welcome back to all the listeners of the Tanakh Talks podcast.